ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. It is Wednesday, May 13th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. What do we got for you today on the program? Well, We'll take your phone calls. As I mentioned, also, you can visit me on Twitter at Paul Swan. You can leave your comments and questions there. we got a lot to get into today. We'll keep it focused on college athletics for the most part, but the NFL has extended its virtual offseason workouts through the end of May. That is according to a source familiar with the move, and that is from the Associated Press. Still, I think that's a smart move. The NFL, if any league can pull this off, they're going to be able to pull this off. And if I understand, they're able to send money to make sure that you can get equipment to a lot of these athletes because a lot of these guys don't necessarily have home gyms. They don't have home workout setups. So Pelotons for everyone, it looks like. But that's going to be the challenge, trying to stay in shape, trying to stay focused, football ready, because... We would be talking about OTAs right now. We would be talking about who's not going to the OTA. Well, guess what? Everybody's not going because we're continuing to practice social distancing. We really don't know when things are going to open up. But the NFL, NFL is going to do what the NFL does. I'm guaranteeing you right now, we're going to have an NFL season. I don't know if they're going to be playing in the home stadiums. They're going to be playing in backyards across America. The NFL is going to be playing fans Probably not going to be there, unfortunately, but still, I'll take NFL without fans over NFL not happening any single day. So, where are we at with college sports? And honestly, every day we explore this subject, we go over it, and we talk about what's coming out today, what's the latest, what the experts are saying, what the officials in charge are saying. And remember, college athletics is run by fiefdoms, kingdoms, city-states, island nations. There's not really a collective voice here. And the NCAA, which really has no authority, no power, no control over major college football, they're not going to mandate an over... They're not going to mandate a uniform return to college sports is what they're saying. This is NCAA President Mark Emmert. He said yesterday, leaving decisions on start dates to state officials and university presidents is basically where they're going to go. He said there's still no timetable for a return. He also said it isn't the NCAA's role to determine one in this instance. Normally, there's an agreed-upon start date for every sport every season. This is what Emirate told ESPN. But he added, but under these circumstances, now that all been derailed by the pandemic. It won't be the conferences that can do that either. It'll be the local and state health officials that say whether or not you can open and play football with fans. Now, I think that's a big mistake right there. You could probably still have football, not necessarily with fans. And I understand 
fans of the lifeblood here, but if you're going to try to play college athletics, you either take it without fans or do you chance it with fans? We don't know. That's where we continue. But the NCAA is really not adding anything to the conversation other than don't look at us. Don't look at us. Emmert said that the NCAA's decision-making model during the pandemic is similar to that of the federal, state, and local governments, and that the NCAA's role is to provide guidance and support. I don't see much guidance, and I don't see much support coming from the NCAA. And if you mean to say that college athletics will just take care of itself in conferences, they'll know what to do, and they'll do the right thing, and Of course, you're going to have to listen to state and local health officials. You're going to have to listen to government. You're going to have to listen to the people who are in charge. Um, The Pac-12 maybe not listening to the people in charge, or maybe they are and they don't care. So yesterday, Los Angeles County Public Health Director Barbara Farah, she claimed that the city's stay-at-home order will be extended three months through July, quote, with all certainty per the Los Angeles Times. So the Los Angeles Times reporting that um, stay-at-home order can be extended through July. Reason being, the county has suffered more than 1,300 deaths deaths due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, California Governor Gavin Newsom provided guidelines for the reopening of counties across the state. Now, one day later, guess what? The Pac-12 conference has released a statement responding to California's announcement and its impact on the decision to resume NCAA athletics. Quote, The Pac-12 and our member universities will make our own determinations on when our student-athletes can return to play and when and how campuses will reopen to students. These decisions will be based first and foremost on the health and well-being of all those connected to the Pac-12 and informed by the advice of public health and medical experts along with state and local governmental orders. It sounds like the Pac-12 is basically saying, we'll start when we start. And we'll listen to the experts, we'll coordinate, we'll listen to you. But we're going to come up with our plan. We'll start when we start. And that's the feeling I'm getting from that. And that might be where some of the push may come from. You have college athletics, you have conferences, you have schools saying, look, we can play. Why can't we play? We can play. And you'll have other conferences that say, no, not so fast, we can't play. And you'll have schools within those conferences, power or non-power, that are going to say, yes, we can play, let's go. No, we can't play, we're going to wait. Or you might have collective decisions. Conference USA, using them as my example, could say, look, we're going to start late or we're going to kill the non-conference portion of the schedule. We're going to play the conference games. We're confident that we can get the conference schedule off the ground and go. There might be even some alteration of the conference schedule. Is that in play? It could be. I'm sure everything's on the table right now. Everything's going to be on the table. And as we talked about yesterday with the Mid-American Conference, they're cutting back tournaments. Could that be happening for Conference USA sooner than later? Could this be an omen that these things are going to happen more and more? As we mentioned, Marshall could be in a situation where 
not going to a soccer tournament with your pretty good soccer team because, well, we don't do that now in Conference USA. That could be a thing that happens. So no hosting of conference tournaments, no traveling to different destinations in Conference USA for several conference tournaments, volleyball, soccer, you could shorten basketball, and I I agree. I think you should shorten basketball, but yeah, we're getting off the subject just a little bit here. We could see Conference USA take a different approach to college football. Look, we're going to kill the non-conference. We're just going to do the conference, or we're going to push this back a little bit, and you could see maybe the big conferences get together finally and say, look, we've got a more uniform date here. Everybody else, you can you can join on with us. You can jump on. Here's what we're targeting. Are you in? And if you're not, okay, we'll move on without you here because you're going to have to concern yourself with the health and well-being of your student-athletes. And I don't know if you can uniformly say that right now. One county, one state, one area, going to be different than the other. That's where we're at right now. So the NCAA not really giving the guidelines and direction. You would think the NCAA would, not their job. We're going to leave that to the conferences. Some conferences saying, look, we'll do it. We're going to do what we do, and we're going to do it when we do it. Still nobody knows what it's going to look like. We don't know. We could have a surge. We could have a spike. We could flatten the curve, and everything could be on the decline, and we could do this with a little bit more confidence that Maybe, just maybe, we could pull this off with some inconvenience to a lot of people. But for the time being, something is better than nothing. That's where we're at right now as far as college athletics. But the landscape is changing. And I've got a couple of stories coinciding with each other when I found out about them today. Two different schools going about ticketing differently. We'll talk about that. And could that be coming to a Conference USA school near you? It's a possibility. We'll talk about it when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Wednesday, May 13th edition the drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So what's ticketing going to look like in the future for college athletics? Now that we're starting to practice social distancing, or at least we're trying to staying six feet away, wearing masks when we go out in public, when we're shopping, when we're at the grocery store, when we're getting services done, we're, we're doing that. We're trying to be courteous to each other. We're trying to stay away from each other, keep each other healthy, safe. Some of us are anyway. I'm doing it. I hope you are as well. And ticketing. Ticketing is a contact event because I get a ticket in the mail or I purchase a ticket and it's given to me and it's my hand and it's a tactile thing. You know, I have this ticket here. It's a big deal. You pre-order a ticket, you get your season tickets, they come in the mail. Sometimes they have artwork on them, they have football pictures, and you're excited. You hold it, you covet it. Some people frame tickets, they go to concerts, or they go to events, and maybe the event didn't go off. Maybe it was canceled. Maybe it was a tragedy. Maybe it was Elvis, and you had tickets to Elvis's last concert, and Elvis died. And so you have that ticket. I mean, there are so many emotional things you can attach to a ticket. 
Well, that might be gone. You might not be getting tickets much longer. You still might be getting tickets, but not in the traditional sense. Kansas State is moving the digital season tickets, including mobile and print-and-home tickets, which will begin in the 2020-21 athletic season. The Kansas State Athletic Department said that the move away from the traditional printed tickets is going to allow that department to extend the season ticket payment deadline closer to the start of each season in response to, well, the uncertainties surrounding COVID-19. And it's also going to eliminate shipping delays. So keep that in mind. Am I going to get my ticket in time? Is it, is it, did it get lost in the mail? Did my tickets get lost in the mail? I didn't get my my FedEx package. I didn't get my UPS package. My ticket. I've lost my ticket. You know, all of that. Done. That's gone. The athletic department said that it will allow fans the opportunity to choose either print at home tickets or mobile tickets during the online seat upgrade process in June. So guess what? If you still want that ticket, you get that printer going, you, you can print that thing off. And usually if there's a print-at-home option, I take that with me. Reason being, cell phones, mobile devices, maybe not the most dependable device of all time. It's pretty solid, it's pretty reliable, but sometimes, just sometimes, things go down wrong. And so... You get that print-at-home option. You can print that ticket. I mean, it's not the same as getting that ticket, that beautiful ticket that someone in the art department has taken 15 minutes to slap Photoshop on a photo and say, your team. But if you are a fan and you don't participate, you'll receive print-at-home tickets. They can be converted to mobile And tickets are always available in a smartphone wallet. And they're also transferable to friends and family if you can't attend the game. So that's where they're going with this. I mean, they're using the COVID-19 pandemic as a jumping off point to eliminate printed tickets. It's going to save them money. They don't have to buy the printed material. They don't have to print the ticket. They don't have to mail it to you. How much is that going to save a university? Well, that could be a big chunk of change depending on how many tickets you sell and how many fans you got to mail to in different parts of the country here. What's uh, the shipping handling look like on that? I mean, there's always a cost. Cost might be passed on to you sometimes, but there's always a cost. So Kansas State's doing this. Rutgers also announced that they're doing away with paper tickets in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. They announced today, and Kansas State announced that yesterday, and Rutgers announces today that mobile-only ticketing to sporting events will start this fall with the football season. Rutgers said the new policy would enable contact-free entry into all venues and offer greater convenience and safety. They also said that fans can access their ticket accounts through the Scarlet Knights app. Supported on Apple and Android devices. Good plug there. Good plug there. The policy would cover football tickets and parking passes, men's basketball tickets, parking and hospitality, women's basketball, men's lacrosse tickets, 
and wrestling tickets, parking, and skull sessions. So, if you've got your mobile app, you've got your pass. If you've got your pass, you can be scanned. If you can be scanned, you get let in. I like that. Now, again, I like the paper ticket because, well, there's something tactile to it. I've got it in my hand. It's a document. It says, let me in. I have paid legal tender and I have access. And I like the ticket. I get that. But at the same time, here we are using a pandemic to possibly jumpstart some changes. Maybe they've been thinking about this for a while, looking for the right opportunity. Don't waste a pandemic, right? They're taking advantage of this opportunity to to reach out to their fans and to their supporters and say, look, we're going to go digital. I mean, if you want to go to a Cleveland Cavaliers game, I mean, the first time that I was offered tickets to a Cleveland Cavaliers game, hey, you have a smartphone. Yes, boom. Here's the app. Download it. What's your account? Boom. Okay, here's your ticket. Easy, right? Now, here in radio, we like tickets. Let, let's just go ahead and be upfront and honest with you. We like tickets in radio. You know why? Because we can hand those to you. Because we're we're a public type of business. We go out, hey, how you doing? Thanks for listening. Shake your hand. All that's changing, by the way. Or at least it should be changing. No more of that handshaking stuff, social distancing, all that. But we like tickets. We like giving you tickets and putting them in your hand. It's something tactile. Hey, you show up at a remote. Hey, can I get some tickets? Well, you can register right here. Now, hey, do you have an app? It's going to change the dynamic of everything because all I have to do is just beam it to your account. And you can sell it or transfer it to a friend or family, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to necessarily work. How does StubHub work? We'll see how all that, because you want the option. I don't want that ticket. So I'm going to sell that ticket. Again, a lot of people live off of selling certain games so they can have the rest of the season. If you're in Cincinnati, what do you do usually? Usually sell some of your games like, say, Pittsburgh fans, because Pittsburgh fans want to see the Steelers. They're going to pay some really serious dollar And if they're paying serious dollar, they are helping you fund the rest of the season. Can't go to eight games. I can go to six games, but I want to go to my six games. I'm going to sell these Pittsburgh tickets. How's that going to work now if it's more accountable? And how's that going to work for scalpers? Because I go to a game day on the street. You know what? I got a couple extra tickets. Guess what? Hey, I need some walking around money. What are you going to give me for? What what do you got? Okay. Thank you. Got some cash. I go in. Extra ticket. I turn that into money. It's concession stand money. So how's that going to work now as far as the new dynamic? I mean, are we going to be are we going to be scanning apps with each other? Am I going to take money from you from your app and then I'm going to beam the ticket to you? We're going into a whole different world here now. We are entering into The 21st century, some of us may be welcoming the change, others kicking and screaming a little bit, or some of us just say, hey, okay, you know what, I can print a ticket at home, that's fine, or you know what, it's going to be convenient for me, I'll just take the app, we're going to be scanning apps now. But this is a reason to cut costs, because the physical item 
is just another thing you can eliminate to save your athletic department some money. I, mean, I don't know how much it costs to fully print tickets. How much is the cost compared to using a digital platform? What's the digital platform cost compared to the physical ticket cost? And obviously, it's probably going to be cheaper to use the digital platform, and it gives you some more options as well. But I won't be surprised if we start seeing that more and more. And honestly, I like the idea a little bit because now you can keep track of people. Hey, I have a ticket. I can be in here. Okay, I need to scan it. Pull your app up. Maybe it's a better way to get an accurate count of who's in the building. Maybe it's a better way to, to keep control of where certain people go. Maybe you can see, use analytics. You can see, okay, you know, how many people are coming, who's coming. We can see instantly which tickets are being used. So many things you can do with it. But at the same time, it's been driven by safety. I mean, honestly, when I'm in the Kroger store, I don't have my physical card. I pull up the app. It's the same thing. It's the same principle. Pull up my Kroger app, go to my Plus card, and then I just scan that at the register. She's got the scan gun or the gentleman who's running the register. Uh, They scan my card digitally. Here I go. All right. And we're going to get to the point where I don't even have to touch that keypad. I want to use... Apple Pay, I want to use, you know, Google's version of Apple Pay. I want to use a digital wallet. I mean, Walmart's been offering up their own service for a digital wallet for years. I mean, we're going to get to that point where I don't have to touch much of anything. Gas pump, you're doing that a little bit more now. Scan, all you have to do, the only thing you're touching really is the gas pump itself. You're not touching the credit card reader or anything. And this is where we're going with college athletics, and this is just the start. I mean, we could be seeing this hopefully more so at points of sale in the stadium here in the near future. I don't have I don't have $7 for a fork up. Was it Pepsi? What are we? I'm a Coke guy. Pepsi, okay, I need, I need $7 for a Pepsi. Okay, I don't have $7 in my wallet. Got my got my app. I mean, that's where we're at now, but we could be going fully into this a lot more. I mean, still they're going to take cash at the at the point of sale. They're going to take your cash. That's not going away. But if we eliminate more and more of these ways that we touch and contact, if we can do this touchless as possible, is this going to be where we start seeing change? And it's the little things, really, not drastic draconian measures, but little things we're going to see that are going to change in the game day experience. Just another way to maybe save some money, make the experience better for you, promote social distancing. I just found that interesting that we're seeing that more and more being announced. Kansas State, Rutgers, next school they announced it. I'm going to be curious to see if this is going to maybe cascade or if this is going to fall into 2020, 2021. Next year, we're going to do this. We're going to launch this next year. This will be the final year we do paper tickets. This way, we're going to be a lot more flexible. And remember, sometimes games get changed. If you got a ticket for a game, your ticket's good. Your ticket's good for the makeup game. Baseball especially. If I have digital tickets for baseball, if I have digital tickets for baseball, 
and I'm using the app that stores my ticket, my locker, I don't have to worry about it because I can just scan it. It'll transfer over, right? Or I could, I can transfer that to someone else. I don't feel like I've lost a game here. Okay, you got to go to the booth and you got to get your your ticket redeemed for a voucher. You, you don't have to do that anymore. And you're using this situation as the way to push this forward. Of course, that means one thing. Bring a battery with you to keep your phone charged because I see you people. You're at the game and you're on the phone more than you're at the game. You're taking selfies. You're taking snaps. You're maybe you're filming your next TikTok. You're checking scores. I was with someone a couple of years ago. They were all over the, I think it's the DraftKings app at the time or the FanDuel app, one of the two. They were all over it. Just checking it constantly. Hey, dude, the game's right here. We're watching a game. Here's the game. Forget about the digital one you're playing right now with your DraftKings. Watch the game, dude. More on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You know, one of the tragedies of this quarantine has been the loss of our, our daily way of life. It's, it's a tragedy, but at the same time, it's a necessity. And we're all pining for sports. We're all dying for sports to come back in, in, in a figurative way. We're, we're all hoping that we can get sports back because it's an escape force. Because the reality is we're, we're dealing with a, a disease right now that has um, been deadly for a lot of people. And we're here doing the show every day talking about sports, which in the grand scheme of things isn't really as important. But that's what we're doing here today, hoping to maybe just be a, a, a place of comfort for you. And a place of comfort for me is hockey. And right now, I don't have hockey. I don't have playoff hockey. We don't have playoff Basketball, we don't have playoff hockey. I don't have the National Hockey League to look forward to on a nightly basis. And Gary Bettman is trying his best to bring it back to me. The commissioner of the NHL, he is trying his very best because he won't concede. Some leagues have said, we're done. Other leagues, the NBA, yeah, we're going to see. Baseball, well, we're going to try to get back to this. Football, yeah, we're playing NFL specifically. We're playing. The SEC, yeah, we're playing too. You get the drift here. Gary Bettman will not concede. He's not even contemplating the season being canceled. He was part of a virtual town hall hosted by the San Jose Sharks yesterday, and he ensured that he still plans to crown a champion this year, and that going without one is Not something I'm even contemplating. He added, I believe that if the right time comes and the right circumstances, based on all the options that we're considering and our ability to execute them, we'll get this season done. He also added, I don't want to sound Pollyanna, but canceling is too easy a solution. That means you stop working hard to do all of the things that we're doing, and I ultimately believe that there will be an opportunity. It's going to take a little while, I think, because, again, baseball is a little different. We're playing outside. We're going, for the most part, 
It's an outdoor sport with a couple of exceptions. You're outside. You have spacious, beautiful ballparks. You can social distance all day in the outfield. There'll be plenty of seating. You can maybe space out a little bit. How, how you're going to do this, I don't know what the seating chart's going to look like, but you can do this. It's feasible to a degree, and of course, you still have to get down to the minutia. You have to get down to following the plan, because according to some reports, the UFC, not necessarily following the health and guideline plans. I mean, look at Joe Rogan. I mean, come on, dude. Shaking hands? Come on. Really? Love your podcast. Stop it. So you're going to have to adhere to, I'm sure, a lot of guidelines. Now, that's going to be a little hard when you're actually on the ice. So I'm not to check a guy. I'm not to put a guy into the boards because i got to stay six feet away from him. Well, why just not play hockey this way then? We'll just play three-on-three. That's not going to happen. We're not going to see three-on-three hockey out there. We're instead going to see, if they play, we're going to see hockey the way it's meant to be played. It's fast. It's physical. There will be some times where a guy gets hit and there will be some contact. But if you are doing everything you possibly can to minimize exposure up to the point you get on the ice, then you could possibly pull this off because there will be some contact. Baseball, easier to do. Not as much contact. Football, Contact basketball, probably somewhere in the middle, somewhere as far as con- because again, this is the NBA now. This is the new NBA. No fouls, meaning you can't charge a guy, you can't do the things you used to do. Again, watch the last dance. That's how basketball used to be played. If a team today trying to play a team from that, if we were playing in the 90s. With today's current teams, today's current teams would get murdered on the courts for all to see, and it would be legal. Jordan would have murdered the Golden State Warriors, just murdered him. And it would have been legal because that might not even have been a foul. You might get a verbal, hey, you, you can't murder Steph Curry on the court, Michael. You can't do it. I know, I know. You can't murder him though. You gotta let him you gotta let him at least shoot a little bit. That would probably be the warning. So you're trying to figure out how to do this here. And Batman's encouraged. And again, Batman's gotta do the dance with two countries, not just one, two. For the most part, baseball doesn't have to deal with that dance. Football doesn't have to deal with that dance. The NBA for the most part, doesn't have to deal with that dance. But hockey, you got two countries, two borders to really deal with here when it comes to putting this thing together. And he said that he's encouraged by the steps taken by states to reopen businesses. Arizona is going to allow professional sports to proceed without fans starting on May 16th. And Bettman said, states are reopening, cities are reopening, and if we do the right things, I think we'll be able to finish the season. However, there is no timetable for the NHL. 
they're still talking December. They they would push the season. They would push the season, the 2021 season, mind you, to December if it allows for the current one to be completed. And he said that, obviously, we hope to be playing in front of fans by next season. And that's a key word there, next season. But if we finish in August or September, there's no magic to starting in October anymore. We can start in November. We can start in December. You're going to be a little flexible with the schedule because we want to be able to bring the game back both to conclude this season on some basis and to have a full regular season next year. If that means we need to be more flexible, then that's what we'll do. And he also added that he's been in communication with figures from other major league sports in regards to establishing a common set of standards needed to return to action. Now, hockey... If still trying to come back, the AHL canceled the remainder of its season on Monday. So the NHL, it's trying to bring hockey back and try to conclude this thing. And that's good to hear that the commissioners are talking. The sports leagues are talking. They're not doing this in a bubble. And again, this is what you can do if you're a professional league compared to the communication in college. Now, I'm sure commissioners are talking to each other. But at the end of the day, and seriously, at the end of the day, the SEC is going to do what the SEC does. The Pac-12 is going to do what the Pac-12 does. The Big 12, the Big 10, those leagues are going to do what those leagues do. And it doesn't matter if it coincides with what everyone else is doing. The NHL shares arenas with the NBA. So I'm sure there's some common ground going on here, some communications. Okay, how are we going to do this? What procedures should we put into place? Can, can we pull resources here? You know, how are we going to go about this as far as what these guidelines are? Because the guidelines, with exception to maybe a few things on how things are handled, because equipment's different in the NHL and in the NBA, for these arena sports, I'm sure there's going to be a standard set of guidelines. Baseball, standard set of guidelines, but with, of course, changes to allow for their specific needs. The NFL, NFL's got several months to go before we get into NFL season. So the NFL, it can find a way to observe, see what is going right, see what's going wrong, and find a way to adjust I truly believe, unless there is a major change, we will have some sort of NFL season without fans. I don't know if the fans are going to have any part of this season, but I think there's going to be an NFL season without fans. There's definitely going to be a baseball season without fans. I believe that. NHL, I don't think they want to be in a situation where they don't award the Stanley Cup. And by the way, it's going to the New York Rangers. Just go ahead and write that down now. Paul Swan said so on Wednesday, May 13th at 5.49 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right, we're going to wrap this one up when we continue with today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 
We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't forget, if you miss any part of today's show, we post it on the podcast feed. That's right. You can download the show as a podcast. You can download it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio. Wherever you get your podcast is where you can find The Drive with Paul Swan. And, of course, you can also set it up on your Amazon Echo I usually just say, Alexa, ask Apple Podcasts to play The Drive with Paul Swan. And she usually does it for me. We've got a skill. I want to tell you about it here in the next few days. But if you're using our Alexa skill, it's pretty cool. You can listen to the station using our Alexa skill. All you have to do is go to our website, wrvc.com, to get the link if you have problems finding it. Enable that skill. And then you can listen to the show live using your Amazon Echo device. And if you ask our skill to play our podcast, it'll play it for you. It's pretty cool. So check it out. All you have to do is go to wrvc.com, get that skill, and you can listen to the podcast that way. So, all see, hey, we're all digital, man. You know how we're not printing tickets anymore? We're, we're digital all the way here on this program. So, what do we got left for the show today? Well, one thing that I really wanted to talk to you about was, and this could be, again, the way we're going with several athletic departments. We're just waiting now. It feels like we're waiting. What's going to be the response? Is no news good news? And in Akron, Akron is about to eliminate some programs. University President Gary Miller no relation to the DJ that I used to work with. Not that Gary Miller. That was Gary Music Miller. This is University President Gary Miller. He said being a Division I school helps Akron attract students. And he said that 56% of the 515 student athletes are not on scholarship. That means they're paying money to be there. He says less than 6% of the school's overall budget goes towards sports. And said, we agree with the union that we spend too much money on it. So that's why Thursday we're going to announce some fairly substantial cuts in athletics for next year. Miller said that that will mean the elimination of some sports, but he says they're committed to remaining a Division I school. So what does that mean? We'll find out on Thursday. What gets the axe? What gets cut? Miller also says there's a $4 million exit fee to leave the Mid-American Conference. He says constructive conversations are going on among Mac schools to develop what he calls a more rational mid-major D1 program. This piqued my interest, not in a good way, but it piqued my interest because this could be the shape of things to come. So again, if you're a fan of Akron... If you have some connection to Akron, do not send hate tweets to Gary Music Miller. Instead, you can send them directly to University President Gary Miller. I mean, it's easy to get too confused. Gary Music Miller, longtime disc jockey, uh, an icon in radio broadcasting in the state of West Virginia. He had nice hair. Gary Miller, president of the university. I can see where you get too confused. So. Hey, look, I couldn't pass up on that joke. I really couldn't. Gary Miller would have been mad at me if he found out that I passed up a joke with him involved. He would be angry with me right now. 
So what does this mean? All seriousness, what does this mean? What does a more rational mid-major D1 program look like? Is there going to be a reduction in programs offered? Is there going to be a reduction in schedule? What does that mean? Football, pretty sure it's safe. At Akron, I'm pretty sure football is safe right now. You don't make an investment like you do in Akron football facilities and then say, oh, we're done. I would say football and basketball pretty safe. And there might be a couple of vanity sports in their mind that are pretty safe right now. If I was looking at Marshall, trying to figure out what sport's not safe, I could make an argument for every sport to be safe, and I can make an argument for every sport to be not so safe. But I'll say this. If I'm soccer right now, you got to feel good. I don't know if that's true or if it's reality, but if I'm soccer right now, I'm feeling good about if I'm part of that program because that program, beautiful facility, built a few years ago. You see the results of that facility. It's been able to attract a better athlete. You bring in quality coaches. You're able to generate interest in the program. You're able to take the program to the NCAA tournament. You're able to do some things here. And so that soccer program is providing value. And all sports provide value. But if you've got 2,000 people showing up at your soccer facility and you don't have that many showing up at an other event and you're trying to figure out how do we save money, you're trying to figure out, honestly, what you can cut to save money and what you can keep that will help you either not lose as much money or make some money. I mean, that's what you're looking at. If you're Akron right now, you're trying to figure out what that looks like. Now, thankfully, to the credit of Marshall University, I have heard nothing but, hey, we've got things in place. We're okay. We're good. There's going to be some belt tightening possibly, but we're good. There hasn't been any talk of cutting programs or, or furloughing anyone right now. That could still come, but there hasn't been really that push to put that out there. And I'm sure behind closed doors, conversations are being had. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's our plan. But, you know, honestly, I think no news is good news sometimes. It's at least the only thing we can do is speculate right now. And I'm sure speculation is better than having some news out there that's maybe not true. Um, Don't know. And so I, I freely admit we're speculating right now completely. We can find out tomorrow that I've been right the entire time, or we can find out tomorrow that maybe not so much. Either way, we'll find out tomorrow. That's going to do it for this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Back tomorrow for the Thursday edition. Until then, good night, everyone.
WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.